five, four, three, two, one. And cue them up in the mic. Hi, I'm Kevin Dilley, the Director of Student Media at Kent State, and this is Around the Sphere. Welcome to Around the Sphere, the podcast of the School of Media and Journalism at Kent State University, produced and recorded by MDJ's students, faculty, and staff, just for you. Hi, this is Emily Metzger, Director of the School of Media and Journalism at Kent State University. Thanks so much for coming back to Around the Sphere for our second season. We hope you'll continue to enjoy the stories we're telling about the MDJ community. Franklin Hall is busy again with all of us back in person for the spring semester, and we're excited to have the chance to share more about what our students are up to, what our faculty are engaged with, how our alumni are making us proud, and lots more. If you have any suggestions for the podcast, please let us know. You can reach us at mdjpodcast at kent.edu. Thanks and happy listening. Welcome back to Around the Sphere. My name is Maddie Haberberger and I am a senior journalism student here at Kent State with minors in digital media production and public relations. And I am on the precipice of graduation. I will be graduating in May of 2022, and that is equal parts exciting and truly horrifying when it comes to entering the real world and looking for a job. But luckily for me, today I have the privilege of having a conversation with somebody who's been through all that already. Yes, hi, I am happy to be here. My name is Anna Huntsman, and I am currently a health reporter at IdeaStream Public Media, which is the PBS and NPR member station in Cleveland. And I got my start at Kent State. I graduated in 2019 with a degree in journalism, did a lot of TV2 work, so I was pretty involved in student media. And I also started getting interested in podcasting when I was there, so that's kind of where that began for me as well. And, you know, hearing you say the horrifying part uh, really resonates with me because I totally remember those days. And uh, for me, my senior year, I was especially horrified because I had just switched my interest from TV to audio. Most of my experience at that time was TV and I was looking for, you know, radio jobs. And so I was really stressed about, you know, trying to get enough experience in time. And so that was like a constant stress for me. So, you know, I learned, like you said, I learned a couple tips and tricks along the way. And now that I'm kind of on the other side, I'm excited to share. But, you know, if someone out there is listening and is feeling stressed, don't worry, take a deep breath. It'll all be okay. It all works out. Yes, exactly. And Maddie's taking a deep breath right now. Yeah. Yeah, So it all does work out. It might not be exactly what you are thinking it's going to be right away, but life has a way of making things work out. That helps to know. My first question is literally, where do we even start? When should we start thinking about applying for jobs? When should we start looking, kind of narrowing down maybe the field that we want to enter the workforce in? Mm Because I know speaking personally, I have no idea what specific field I want to end up in. And you kind of went through a similar thing where you had a lot of interests and it's kind of hard sometimes to narrow that down. So where did you begin and when did you begin your job search your senior year? I would say it kind of probably more started with my internships because that kind of helped me narrow down what I was thinking. Because like you said, I did have a lot of interests 
And I still to this day have a lot of interests, but the good thing about our field is you kind of have to know a lot all at once. So even though I'm turning in an audio story every day, I'm doing an article Mm -hmm. alongside it. And sometimes that is the one that comes first. So you got to know a lot. So it's not a bad thing to have a lot of interests, I guess is what I'm saying. So I think it kind of starts with your internships and narrowing down what kind of skills you're looking to build up. And so going from there, and then the first thing that comes to my mind is be honest with yourself about what you really are passionate about and what you can see yourself doing day in and day out. So for example, I mentioned before, I thought I wanted to do TV news and then that interest shifted to radio. And one of the reasons is because I just personally didn't feel like I was cut out for the TV, the commercial TV hours and being an MMJ, multimedia journalist, Mm -hmm. and, you know, lugging your equipment everywhere and getting people to talk on camera and those long days of editing in your car. Some people are made for that and I have so much respect for those people and it's a wonderful field. But for me personally, I was just, didn't feel like that was what was meant for me and so when I was job searching I was looking at public radio stations Mm -hmm. because I knew that's what I really wanted to do boy am I glad that I didn't just take the first commercial tv station that would give me an offer and I've talked to other people too who said the exact same thing so I think just really being thinking about what are you most passionate about what will make you happy every day and start there not everyone is going to be lucky to be able to get that right away and so you might have to do something that you don't love right away but I think just starting out and just really being honest with yourself because you don't want to get stuck in something that makes you want to leave the field I mean I know of people who took a job because it was offered to them and really didn't like it and of course not everyone has the luxury of course we all got to pay our bills but I'm just I guess I'm just saying when you're trying to narrow down your interest really be honest with yourself that's a great rule of thumb my roommate Rachel Gross Mm-hmm. She just graduated this December. She was a general manager of TV2, also a journalism student. She oh, great. works at WKYC as a producer for their morning shows, and she wakes mm-hmm. up at 4 p.m. and goes to work at 11 p.m. That's really something you have to consider is, am I in a position? Am I willing to do that? Is that the kind of schedule that I want to have? So, Especially in journalism. And I think we can talk a little bit more just because that's where we're at, but also just generally – Something I think that is a big concern for us is our parents didn't often talk about money. Mm. So a lot of times we'd, we have no gauge of what our starting salary should be. And that's super dependent on where you live. How do we look at salary and how do we just gauge kind of what we should expect and what we should, what we deserve too, I think is an important part of that. That is a very important part because people, young people, especially young women, tend to lowball themselves, whereas, I mean, studies show this, whereas um, men often ask for more and then they end up getting more because they asked for it, you know, getting sidetracked there. But um, that is a great question, Maddie. And that is something that I struggled with when I was applying because a lot of applications will say, what is your salary requirement? And how am I supposed to know what my salary requirement is? Because I don't want to ask for too much, but I also don't want to ask for too little. So what really worked out for me is I utilized LinkedIn Mm. and I would connect with people who worked at the place that I was applying at, especially if you can look for a Kent grad. So this actually happened to me at IdeaStream. There was a Kent grad who I connected with on LinkedIn. He did TV too. I knew him through mutual friends. And I sent him a message, you know, just saying who I was, what I was interested in applying for, maybe talked up myself a little bit just to get it out there. And then I said, you know, I'm filling out this application and I'm curious if you could share what the salary range is that I should expect for this position. And he 
he gave me an estimate and that is what I put on and then I ended up getting the job and it was in that estimate actually at the top of the estimate so I'm glad I knew that that was really helpful and right it is hard to talk about money sometimes but I really do think right now there is a push in this field to be more transparent about salaries so I know 100% if somebody reached out to me and said what do you think I should put for the salary requirement here I would definitely do the best I could to help them out because I think that's just something that it's it's a huge thing right now is people want to be more transparent and again people want to be paid what they're worth and what they deserve so I would that's not just for the salary requirement I would really recommend making those connections on LinkedIn at the companies you're applying for and you can even ask them you know do you have any advice for my interview do you know what they're looking for in this person things like that don't be afraid to you know make those connections and people will usually for the most part not be bothered at all and they want to help yes usually by this point in our classes we've done personal branding units or learned how to beef up our Mm -hmm. LinkedIn profiles and stuff like that. Do you recommend LinkedIn as a place to look for jobs or where did you, where do you even find jobs to apply for specifically in the communications fields? Like are there databases, Mm -hmm. stuff like that? Where did you look? Definitely. There's actually a lot of different databases depending on who you are and what kind of job you're looking for. So since I knew I wanted to go into public radio, I started following a couple different Facebook groups like public media millennials. There's one for women in public radio and often they'll put in, you know, jobs that are posted. And often the people who put them in the group are the either hiring manager or they can connect you to the hiring manager. So that's just another way to kind of get in there. There's also some different listservs and I don't know all the ones off the top of my head so you would have to kind of like do a little bit of research on your own time to you know be like TV jobs listserv or you know young TV women listserv you know things like that like kind of the keywords there and so in those listservs jobs get posted a lot. There's also a listserv for the Corporation for Public Broadcasting which is you know public radio and public TV so I still get job alerts from them about things that are posted and so that's where you can also utilize either LinkedIn connections or even connections from your internships and your professors. I found out about some of these listservs because I interned at WKSU and they people there told me about them or just you know through word of mouth is another another good one but yeah definitely I would use LinkedIn and just kind of find those databases. I think Gannett, the newspaper company, has a listserv of job postings. Same with other uh, NBC, you know, the TV stations as well. So definitely look there. And, and you can even subscribe to get alerts so that they'll come right to your email when something is posted. Very cool. I'll definitely, definitely be looking into those. As far as when we should apply for these jobs, when should we start? Because internships, usually summer internships start crazy early. But as far as actual full-time jobs... When should we start taking that seriously, buckle down and start applying to those? That's a really good question because, you know, sometimes it does depend on when the jobs are getting posted. Mm -hmm. So there might be a job that you would really like that gets posted after you graduate, but you were applying super early. So I would say sometimes people will start out with fellowships. So that's actually what I did Mm -hmm. first when I graduated is I had a fellowship called News 21 and it's at Arizona State and they invite a Kent student to be part of that and it's a group of students from across the country. So I had that already lined up for right after I graduated. And I believe I had to start applying for that like back in the fall. Mm. So that took a lot of planning. And, you know, there's other fellowships. Like I remember the Pulliam Fellowship. There's a couple NPR fellowships where those you got to apply for ahead of time. As far as jobs, I would just say, you know, in your senior year, just do as much prep work as far as, you know, branding yourself, getting your resume nice and up to date and looking really good and creating, you know, a really good LinkedIn profile. 
I guess it just like if a job gets posted in February and you apply for it, you have to let them know like I'm graduating at this time, you know. So it the timing is kind of odd. So I would say spend more time getting yourself ready and applying for fellowships and then you could always like reach out to the companies that you're interested in and let them know who you are and say if you have something you know down the line what after I've graduated please let me know I know some people from my class were hired at tv stations in May right after they graduated and I think that process kind of started in like March or April and you know so it's hard to time so I'm sorry I don't have a better answer for that question but it is it is different than applying for internships because you can't apply super early. No, that makes perfect sense. And I think one piece of advice that I've gotten from different people that I've talked to that has really helped is, number one, not bad to graduate without a job offer. If you get one, awesome. Kudos to you. But something that I've heard a lot is it's totally okay and sometimes more beneficial for you to take the couple months after you graduated to kind of catch your breath and get everything lined up so that way you can better prepare for when you're applying for these jobs and stuff and have a second to exhale after you just spent Mm -hmm. 16 years of your life studying stuff. I 100% agree with that advice. Um, I know it's hard in the moment Mm -hmm. to accept that because you see your friends getting jobs. Um, But I actually felt very similar um, because when I was done with my fellowship, it ended in August, and I was like, I'm going to have a job waiting for me I'm gonna have one lined up at the end of this fellowship and a lot of the other um, new grads in my fellowship were in the same boat and we would have you know like a plot application parties and we would give each other our cover letters and they were all getting jobs and they all had something lined up in August and I didn't and I felt really awful about myself and I was like what is it about me why can't I get a job and honestly it all came down to timing I ended up getting the idea stream job and it was posted in July but just because of I interviewed for one position and got my foot in the door didn't get that one they had me interview for another one didn't get that one had me interview for the last one that I did end up getting which was an associate producer role And so that took, you know, a couple months and that was just how it happened for me. And so I started in October for a while there. I was like, what's wrong with me? But it just and and I will say like this job at Ideastream has been amazing. Like I'm so lucky to have this job. So I'm glad that it worked out the way it did. But boy, at the time, I was so frustrated. And so I and so what you were saying, Maddie, about sometimes it ended up being beneficial, not just to take a breath, but sometimes it really just comes down to timing. And if you are in the position where you can have a job for a couple months, maybe your parents let you crash there or you are just you have, you know, the ability to not work for a while <laughs> because you're holding out for something, sometimes that really can happen. So, yeah, don't feel bad about yourself because you don't have a job right away. It really comes down to timing. It really does. That is incredibly reassuring. So thank you. (laughs) I'm glad. Going through that experience, feeling all those anxieties, Mm -hmm. now having a job that you love and you're great at, what would you tell yourself if if I were you right now, if you could go back in time Mm -hmm. to senior Mm -hmm. year, final semester, Anna, What would you tell her and what advice do you have for people who are in this position right now? Go easy on yourself and be confident in yourself and recognize that a lot of it is out of your control. A lot of the job process is completely out of your control. You could be extremely qualified for something, but somebody else knows someone in the organization and they get it over you. That was completely out of your control. Really go hard. You could go for a job and you're just not quite, you don't quite have the experience of somebody else and they get it over you. And again, 
that was completely out of your control. So focus on what you can control, and that is beefing up your skills and your experience, getting your resume looking as great as possible, reaching out to connections, touching base with people that you met at your internships and saying, you know, talking yourself up. It's you're out of school. Find a hobby. Remember hobbies? I was so focused on TV2 in college that I didn't ever read for fun. When I graduated and was looking for a job, I started working out and taking care of myself a lot. That put me on a really good trajectory for, you know, just making healthier choices once I was employed. So that would be my advice. Because again, don't be hard on yourself if all your friends are getting jobs and you're not. A lot of it comes down to timing. A lot of it is the organizations on their back end. And a lot of it is completely out of your control. So be confident in yourself. Do, the, do everything you can control. And while you're at it, get a hobby and do something you love <laughs> that's not applying wow, for jobs. I- I don't even remember what it's like to have free time. So I think that's probably what I'm most looking forward to. If you graduate and you don't have a job, you're going to have a lot of free yeah. time. So start thinking now of stuff that you can do. Yeah. Start, you know, get a library card <laughs> if you don't already have one. Get a nice workout routine. You know, start, I don't know, start cooking or something. You know what I mean? Like, I love having hobbies now. And <laughs> I didn't have them in college. So, so yeah, that's my advice. Focus on what you can control, but don't beat yourself up and get a hobby. <laughs> that, seriously, this helps so much. I know I'm not the only person, certainly at Kent State, but everywhere that feels really really anxious especially considering the circumstances of the world we exist in Mm -hmm. presently so there's a lot of fears and anxieties that we're feeling right now so to hear that really really helps and it's so great to see somebody who was in our shoes doing so well and hearing these things from you is very very reassuring and calms my nerves and I hope calms anybody's nerves who's listening so thank you Anna I'm glad of course thank you so much for having me and I just can tell by the way that you're interviewing me and bouncing off my responses that you are fabulous and you will have no uh issues getting a job and if you do Maddie remember it's out of your control it's something that's happening on the back end that is just it wasn't the right place or it was the wrong time something like that Maybe one day I'll be sitting in your spot and we'll just have a cycle of it'll be okays passed down through generations of TV tours, golden flashes. That would be wonderful. I would love that for us. We started it. Wow. Thank you again. Thank you. This past December, Kent State became one of the 141 total institutions in the highest category of research universities by the Carnegie Classification of Institutions of Higher Education. That's right. Kent State is officially ranked as an R1 institution, also known as the doctoral slash very high research activity rank. It's a highly coveted rank, and Kent State is one of only five universities in Ohio to be ranked R1. And we're one of only three universities within the MAC conference to hold the rank. R1 is the highest rank that an institution can receive, so we have big reason to be proud. Congratulations to Kent State and thanks to all the researchers at our university who made this possible. If you have any feedback for the podcast, you can reach us anytime with questions, comments, or ideas at mdjpodcast at kent.edu. 
This week, we heard from MDJ alum Steve Jones, who graduated from our journalism program in 1972, who says he caught a couple of our recent episodes. He says, congratulations, very nice job and great for involvement in education. A journalist could do anything. Thanks, Steve. And as you just heard from Anna and Maddie, we think so too. If you're a student with graduation looming and you have more questions that didn't get answered in this week's episode, or an alum who has advice that might not have gotten touched on, send it to us at mdjpodcast at kent.edu. That's all we have for you today. Thanks for checking out our first episode of the semester. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll be back soon with more episodes. Bye. You've been listening to Around the Sphere. Please send us your thoughts, comments, and feedback at mdjpodcast at kent.edu. Music for this podcast was written and produced by Assistant Professor Scott Holgren. This episode was produced by Nicholas Underwood, Digital Media Production Major, and our Podcast Project Manager is Kimmy Daniels, Public Relations Major. This podcast was advised by MDJ Director Emily Metzger. Special thanks to all the students, faculty, and staff who made this episode possible, and a very special thanks to you for listening. We'll see and hear you around the sphere. Thank you.